Today, we are talking about how bodybuilding and the fitness industry have changed. Welcome to Level Up. I'm Sherelle. And I'm Danny. And this is the podcast where we talk about health, fitness, and mindset. Uh, but even now, like you look at some of the girls on stage and uh, you, the top 10 is almost all pro-worthy. Yeah. Um, and the there's only ever like one pro card to really give out in a category genuinely. And the, the judges have a tough time. And mm. because there's so many people, like the best are going to get called forward. But now there's 10 of the best instead of one. So your chance of actually placing amongst a host of other um, women or men or whatever is significantly less. So I feel like that standards and those dynamics have definitely been um, shifted. Yeah, and that definitely comes off the back of more education in mm. dieting, in actually looking after yourself, in in all of those pillars that make up a beautiful physique. I yeah. feel like there's way more education now. I mean, when you and I first started doing meal plans or flexible dieting, no one knew what flexible dieting was. Everyone knew what a 1200 calorie meal plan was. But when you had to explain flexible dieting, you know, we sound like a broken record because no one knew what it was. Yeah. Um, so people are definitely more educated on finding ways uh, to get in that condition that suits their body as an individual without the extremes. Um, and then of course, like more access to performance enhancing drugs. I mean, maybe our awareness is on it more, but you and I both feel as though it's more easily accessible. I mean, it's been around forever, um, but I think, yeah, as I said, it's just easily accessible. You can sort of walk into any gym and there'll be someone there who can give you whatever you want type thing. Um, so it's, yeah. a, it's been interesting to observe as well. Yeah, absolutely. And another reason as to why it's accessible is like social media gives you access to every comp prep coach that you know. Oh, well, this is a, you know, a comp prep coach that preps IFBB, Olympia, bikini pro athletes. Like, of course, he's going to have access to and the knowledge for cycling different drugs, right? So I think think the standards absolutely have shifted because of that because you'd never run a cycle on your own to be honest like you would always want a coach or someone else with experience to guide you through that I would hope I'm sure there's people people do. don't yeah yeah oh that just makes me scared as friggin mm. like, yeah. like that makes me scared but what I'm saying is like generally people that might not have done it on their own they've got the confidence the reassurance the authority the coaching um and the guidance to do that now and you know i think it's important to recognize that for a lot of people um performance enhancing drugs or anabolic steroids it's a part of the sport like for a lot of people and we're not discrediting that at all it's just about saying it's there it's prevalent um it's in a lot more people than what you think and i remember reading somewhere as well about they did this um, study where they they tested how many, not physically, but they asked like how many people in different gyms, like anytime fitnesses and just general oh. fitness clubs were on or had tried performance enhancing drugs. And it was like significantly more than you would ever expect of just general population um, using drugs too. So of course, in the sport, people are getting more educated, not only on that and more access to, but then I would also say um, advancements in training knowledge has also come so far. Like we look at our own glow up when it comes comes to training um, and bodybuilding and hypertrophy as a whole. And like, oh, I look back at, to the way I used to train back then to what I thought would build the body that I needed to turn pro. And I know that it's, uh, yeah, I was off the mark. <laughs> yeah, but we, we all learn that way. And um, I think it is important to recognize that people are 
going to take performance enhancing drugs but then it's kind of like that crossroads between uh, as you said are they taking more now because they're comfortable and there's better education there um, or the opposite but I think it is important to not turn a blind eye and, and think that no one's going to do it so I think that it's best um, to provide safer environments I mean obviously you can't really go and talk to your GP about it you know getting blood tests and things like that like which is it is what it is I know some people have, that do there are some people that do and I think you know not to encourage it but then also to encourage it like I think it is good for people to have someone to do their health checks if they're going to take steroids you know and then and, and really look after themselves like why would we pretend that it's not happening we should just better facilitate the use because it's not just our sport it's people who aren't even um competing or doing any sport i remember you know stereo sonic the music festivals you'd mm. hang around the guys like yeah i'm gonna do a cycle for stereo and summer and and all of that and do you think they got health advice no way in hell but yeah. you know it's gonna happen no matter what um it's kind of like you have the you know in public um areas you have the needle bins and stuff like that it's just no one's saying don't do it it's like okay how can do we just facilitate yeah safe use you know what mm. i mean so i feel like um yeah being more aware of it and educated is great we do need more health professionals who can offer advice because it is happening yeah that's a really good point I think it's a really important thing for everyone to be aware of and acknowledge as well and I guess like even moving on from that like you know maybe not between the like between the then and the now like in between there like you know 2018 2019 when things started started to become more popular and probably peak in terms of popularity divisions like bikini became really established um, and really popular right and I think along with that riding on the wave of more advancement with training and like more awareness around steroids all of that sort of stuff the actual standards of bikini became insane right didn't they like if you looked at bikini on stage when it first started it was like your bikini body at the beach it was like toned, lean, like athletic, slight abdominal outlines. Like that's what bikini was supposed to be. And then it, it went like, I don't know, like as lean as fitness, but not as much muscle. <laughs> that's mm. almost like what bikini turned into. And that's where the standards has honestly sat for the last few years where some, um, and I was listening to a podcast a while ago, how they were talking about with IFBB, they're starting to tone down their bikini and not allow them to get as jacked or as lean um, mm. and rewarding the softer look as well, like um, which is not mainstream yet. This is only, I feel like, where it's just starting to go because they're recognizing that with performance enhancing drugs, women can just get bigger and leaner and shredded and more and more and more. And that's that defeats the purpose of divisions and categories. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like over those years, just in that time that you said 2018, it's beca it became more accepted for women to train really hard. And, you know, people were more educated on ways to train and exercises and train your glutes and all of the, the muscles that help you win on stage, you know, shoulders. Um, women were, it was more accepted for you to push really, really hard in the gym. And it was also more accepted to be in a surplus and to have times in your training where you weren't always lean and times in your life where you weren't always lean, sorry, and, and just more accepted. So I feel like the social norms and acceptance are also shaping the sport and just allowing people to feel comfortable with making those changes. Because mm. when you and I first started, imagine if we had to be in a surplus and then sort of deliberately put 
on body fat, everyone around us would be like, what are they doing? But it's just easier now because yes, your immediate family and friends still might not understand, but you can put yourself in an environment with a community that do understand and that will allow you to take the steps needed to enhance your physique when it comes to um, stage time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can see that now with even more divisions coming out, like wellness, for example. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the reasons why wellness come out is because of um, different cultures getting into the sport. So for example, the Brazilian girls, this was the category that was very much made for them um, because they do have such well-developed lower bodies um, and little petite upper bodies. So bikini is supposed to be proportioned upper body to lower body um whereas wellness is supposed to be out of proportion supposed to be bigger down the bottom and smaller up the top um and i think that's happened those things are happened because of the diversity now so not only like bodybuilding was very is very much established in the u.s right like america does fitness well right like the gyms over there are insane australia is like late to the party but not the latest to the party um whereas like it's become more natural mainstream now right like competing and bodybuilding still very small niche but sort of you know in the general population now too whereas other countries like i said like brazil like other different states and and countries they're starting to compete too now and it's becoming more global more accepted and that's why we're getting more divisions like wellness um, come through and i know there was a lot of controversy around when they actually took bodybuilding for women away do you remember reading or hearing about that what do you mean sorry so it was, I think it was the IFBB. They took away the actual bodybuilding category for women. So there used to be figure and then bodybuilding above that. And they okay. they took that away and they got a lot of backlash from that because it's like, well, what are you trying to do? Like sort of downsize everyone. Yeah. But it's interesting to look at the, the evolution of um, the divisions and why they've come up. And we look at bikini and like how crazy popular is it now? Or even like I said, when it peaked, to be a bikini competitor. Like everyone wanted to be a bikini pro. Yes, yes. And that I still feel like that is the case to the point that it, it's definitely deterred me. Um, mm. I really enjoyed being sort of like the underdog or the outsider in what we were doing because not many people did it. So I think that might be an ego thing and it definitely is. It's definitely validation. Um, but I rode that and it made me feel good. Um, but it's definitely a lot more common and people... I don't know if it's because we're older now and we can look back in hindsight, but people's prime goal in life is to become a WBFF bikini pro. And since we've both achieved that status, we can kind of say, guys, like, yes, it's an amazing goal to have, but you need more in your life. Now, Mm. I don't know if that's just, yeah, as I said, my age or experience speaking or the fact that it is a lot more flooded, that that title will not actually get you much without hard work behind it or without utilizing that or without you know putting effort into other areas of your life after and as I always say you win the title and yes in our bubble of competing you're like royalty but then you step out in the real world no one knows what it is or no. who cares you know what I mean so it's just interesting to see a lot more people having that as their prime life goal yeah I, th- I don't think it's um it's definitely not you I feel exactly the same whereas yeah like once you like you said it could be in hindsight we've earned that status and you're like oh, nothing really changes but then the other part of that is and it still is the case but to get a to get a WBFF pro card it's a lot of work like it's probably one of the up there like with IFBB right it's one of the most prestigious um 
professional status is to get in the bodybuilding world and it's reserved for the top right so as a society we thrive off um, social hierarchies and Mm. role models and status it's what makes the world go around and that's never ever ever going to change so I think because that was there and like you said because it's becoming more mainstream um, because it's having more of a marketable approach because it's a business because they want more pros because things like this are happening because the standards are improving all these factors make it like you said more accessible for people there's a hell of a lot more bikini pros out there these days and it's taken it's diluted the quality of that status a touch in my yeah (laughs) um but this is why it's super I think it's a great thing because it's sort of like well no one should be doing it for that anyways um the same reason is like when we compare needed back in 2016 it wasn't cool to do it wasn't taboo so this is what divides the people that are actually going like doing it for the right reasons um versus the ones that don't and I think that this is like a taster of like where it might be going in the future it's really really interesting and I think a big um change as well around that 2000 well we last competed 2019 but then straight away we went into a pandemic um in the start of 2020 so you mentioned earlier going to the arnold's and the fitness expos and that's where everyone from the industry would just get together and you know you wanted you, you went there with your empty show bags and got supplements and i was you know working there handing out supplements and buying the clothing and interacting and it was just a whole world of just mm-hmm. it was just amazing but now it's not about having the biggest booth like a physical um, place where you can exchange objects you know businesses had to move their products all online because of the pandemic so with moving online is the emergence of athletes and people representing your brand and Mm -hmm. the hierarchy it's not just about your title and how you are in a physical sense it's like okay how can you bring more people to our online platform are you quirky like are you good at making reels like are you really good looking and people are going to click on you like it's just really changed how marketing and product placement and and athletes representing brands like really what it is and mm. i'm almost thinking in a way which i feel like it might reverse and we'll go down that track later but now it's almost less about and dare I say less about talent and what you know and more about just attention grabbing bullshit and and not in the fact of saying facts doing a dance posting something funny with a pet like something that's really short and snappy like people are getting rewarded for that and I feel like the academics and the actual good coaches and people who have worked hard and maybe I'm speaking for myself it's kind of like okay now I need to jump on this bandwagon and completely change everything Mm. do you feel that from a sense of competing or a fitness industry movement as a whole both yeah absolutely both what do you think yeah I definitely see it with the um the and there's always going to be two lenses right there's Mm. always going to be two lenses I'm trying to divide myself as like competitor versus like a business person I'm trying to like divide myself at the moment but I think from a fitness industry as a whole absolutely it's changing absolutely it's changing and there's two ways that we can look at it one of it's we can get pissed at it and just resent it and stay just doing what we think works and go nowhere. Or we can mold, adapt, find what what aspects we like that don't make us cringe, um, <laughs> ride with it and create our own, um, our own brand awareness and our own values uh, and individuality from that. Mm. From a competing sense, it's it's disappointing if it goes down that, that pathway because 
I know marketability is a massive component of what you're marked on, but it's so like, what is that? And, you know, they define it by like how you present, how you're marketed. And I can see that from a poise, from a beauty, from a stage presence, from a, from a posing, like how well do you hold yourself? Like that's important. You know, you can, you can walk on there and your, your presence can change everything by how someone perceives your physique, right? So of course, but then like you said, like there is, there's no way that social media presence or any of that should come into the sport. Um, and I know, like you said, like, the, the status of the brand itself was almost built off social media. Um, and the reason why that pro card is so valuable is because of the pros that are pros and the status yes. that they've got, right? And that's, like yeah. I said, that's what makes the world go round. Like that's, there's no dividing that. Um, we have hierarchies for a reason. And as a society, we actually need it to survive and feel safe as well. So I definitely see that shift and change. Um, I'm just not sure what the solution is. 